includes writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay, the boot is away. And it's gone. I don't want to go home. And I want to say goodbye to you. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And guess what, everybody? Football season, the regular season anyway, is finished, it is complete, and it is time for us to transition over to the basketball side of things. That is right. We are going fully over, transitioning over to being a basketball podcast here at Tortillas and Takes. So with that, we got to do a rundown of the early season that's action that's been happening. Most of non-conference has already been done on the men's side. And so we're going we're gonna to kind of play a little catch-up, play a little catch-up. But to do that, to be part of this year's men's basketball team, it is, you know him, you love him, the people's champ, Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy? What's up, Albie? week away from Christmas. This is really exciting. Um, excited to talk about some hoops, which... For better or worse, uh, this is the most, for I think for Texas Tech fans, this is the most disappointing, conflicting 8-2 and two team they've ever witnessed in their lives. <laughs> if we're just taking the pulse of social media. Yeah, I mean, this has been an interesting year, to put it lightly, um, in non-con, right? And so, uh, so, a little bit about us, for those that don't know. So, uh, Texas Tech basketball has been a, a an interesting piece the last, I don't know, 20 years, I would say. Right. Started off with, you know, as a, as a teenager, for me anyway, Bob Knight became the head coach of Texas Tech basketball. The same Bob Knight that was out here throwing chairs out in the middle of the court. He said, you know what, Lubbock, Texas, I like you guys. And uh, it was he, he, that's the coach. That's the guy that I associated with Texas Tech basketball. We had reality shows on ESPN where you, you about walk-ons. Like, uh, it was great. Right. And then, you know, and then I came to school and it was like, OK, well, you know, I'm going to retire. Bob Knight said, I'm going to retire and give it to my son. And Pat Knight wasn't any good. He was pretty awful, actually. <clears throat> and then we went to a period of terribleness, of just awfulness for the next, I don't know, four years or so. Um, we had one stretch in there where we went to the NIT, which was pretty great. But after that, you know, getting Billy Clyde Gillespie was awful. Larry Walker wasn't great, even though we fought hard. Um, and then it all equaled to Tubby Smith coming to the uh, to the program. Tubby Smith having the two worst seasons of his career, the first two years at Texas Tech. Uh, but then by that third season, taking this rebuilding project and really launching what we have now today in his third season, taking us back to the NCAA tournament for the first time since Bobby Knight was here. And since then, it's been pretty, pretty great. I mean, we've, since that first time that Tubby Smith took us to the NCAA tournament, um, we've been to the NCAA tournament every year except Chris Beard's first year. Um, you know, Beard comes in, we go to the national championship. It's great. He leaves us for Texas. We have that last year where it's, everything's just crazy. And, and it's, and we're vilified as this wild, wild fan base, but we love it. We love being, you know, we were, we were Bane. We were molded in the darkness and this is what we've become. And that last year with Mark Adams was, was incredible. It was fantastic. And so much so that coming into this season, despite the fact that we had an incredulous amount of roster turnover, uh, we were ranked, preseason ranked. Now it's 25th, so we're barely ranked. But we're ranked, which almost never happens. Texas Tech almost never gets the respect that we deserve. And for a little bit, we got it. We got it a little bit coming into the season. 
Um, but as the season has started, it doesn't seem like we deserve it. And so, as so to start this off, let's talk about the first that the, really the quick rundown of the season, right? You have the first three games of the season against Northwestern State, Texas Southern, and Louisiana Tech. Win, win, win. They look they look pretty good doing it. Louisiana Tech was a little too close for comfort, but they looked pretty good those first three games. And it's time to go out to the Maui Invitational, go out to to, to Hawaii, and we play a the tenth ranked team in the country, Creighton. Pretty tough. They beat us. Um, no doubt Creighton was the better team, but they played them pretty tough. Still give you something to desire to, uh, still giving you something to kind of hang your head on if you're Texas Tech. They go out next day and beat Louisville like they stole something. Lord Jesus! Now, mind you, Louisville is awful. Like Louisville's worse than Louisiana Tech. They're bad. They're very, very bad. But they whooped them. They whooped them. You feel good. You beat another Power Six team. You whoop them. You go. But then you go up against Ohio State and you lose that one. Right, you go up against Georgetown, another very bad team, and you barely beat them. Um, you know, and so it's a close win against the Nichols, a close win against Eastern Washington. I mean, Jeremy, what do you think about this early stretch? You know, up and before the we'll get to Jackson State a little bit, but those first nine games, you're seven and two, and though you're seven and two, like you said, you mentioned earlier, we don't feel good about any of those except for Northwestern State and Texas Southern and, and Louisville, of course. No other game felt good. Yeah, well, in the Jackson State, right? But I think you know, I think for Tech fans this year, it's it's gonna be the Ohio State game. Is how do we look back on the Ohio State game, a game where you trailed forty-one thirty-seven at the half, but you kind of felt good there. You felt like okay, and this has been a very Texas Tech thing is if we can have them within ten at the half, that that can be our game easy peasy. I mean, even within ten. Uh, at the under six, you feel like we can go out and win this game. You've, you've had that kind of grit, that kind of determination. Um, Ohio State kept you there the whole time, kept you at 10. And it, it was like no matter what you did, you could not make it happen. And it's even more frustrating because, again, this is we're coming off of the narrative, right, that we've got, and you talked about it, you know, we went from national runners-up 2019 uh, 2020, you know, you were tied for third in the conference. And then 2021, you know, Beard kind of exiting in a weird way, t- uh, tied for sixth. But you come in with this new vigor, this new excitement. Mark Adams is the dude. You get third in the conference last year. You go 23 and 8, 12 and 6 in conference, right? You have a really good season. You make it to Sweet 16, and that, that's how it was. So you're all primed. You get, you know, you hire one of the best JUCO offensive minds in the country. You double down on your defensive pedagogy. You bring in all of these top recruits. You bring in uh, uh, Fardoz, which is, you know, he was the big guy coming out of the transfer portal. Um, All the momentum. All the momentum. And then you get to Hawaii. And Creighton was a really good game. Um, Creighton's a favorite for a lot of people to make it to the Final Four. Some people are even saying Creighton's good enough to go out and win the whole thing. Uh, When people are even in those conversations... You, you got to think, okay, you, you lose by 11, and you, you were gritty You were gritty in it. Um, great team. Excellent team. Not upset with that one. The Louisville one, yeah, they're terrible. That was a fun one for us to bounce back. It, but it's the Ohio State. It's the finish of Hawaii that's going to leave a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Because what happened is that you, you, you score 73 points, but you let them have 80. It's the most points you gave up all season. Um it's still the most points you've given up all season. It might be the most points you give up all season for the rest of the season. Um, you just did not play your brand of basketball. You went a little more offense heavy uh, and still couldn't get it done. So it was like this break in identity, I think. Yeah. And since then, the team has felt weird. 
It's been since that Ohio State game, the team has felt weird up until the Jackson State game. And then, you know, everything that's happened since that, it's just in this, these weird inconsistencies. Yes, I mean, in that, in that Ohio State game, Justin Swing Suing went, went off. He was just crazy. And I mean, he virtually single-handedly beat us. But well, the weird part about that, for and, and he was back. Apparently, he's from Hawaii, by the way. So it was, it was interesting. It was his way of like, hey, I'm, I'm going to be back home. I'm going to turn up. And uh, and that was great for him, but what was weird about him turn balling out the way he did was, is usually and we've seen it with a Mark Adams led defense where the only way you really beat Texas Tech is is by shooting well, right? Is by just going crazy from three, and that wasn't his game. He penetrated the lane at will, which was pretty shocking, especially considering that you got a rim protector in Daniel Bacho. We have the no middle defense, so you're thinking this is there's no way this should ever happen. But it, it it was it was really an, an Ole type of of uh, defense in the paint, right? They they consistently were able to get in the paint. Not too many threes were shot in that game against Ohio State. So that's actually that's actually a great uh, Ohio State is actually a great uh, uh, measuring stick for us. And don't and don't get me wrong, Ohio State has also played well. They're now ranked themselves, right? They're a team that have actually played a lot better than people um, expected them to be, to be. And so you know, but on, on the other hand. Tech, every Ohio State did the same thing that Creighton did, where every time Tech looked like, okay, we're in the game, we're about to win, we're in a good spot, they just kept us at arm's length. And I, and I remember thinking in that game, that was the game where I said, I, I thought to myself, this isn't the team. Last year we contended for the Big 12 title. This just might not be that team that can do that this year, right? This is now a team that is really going to be fighting, not for a Big 12 title, but be fighting to be in the tournament. Right at that point, and that's kind of how I felt because at that point, now mind you, and also we, we didn't even talk about Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech could have won that game. We win that game by nine, but but they were right in it. Talvin Hester's team were were gun. They were not scared of us whatsoever. They the entire game they were right in it. They were ready to test us, ready to push the limit, and they came damn close to doing so. Especially mind you, in that game, Texas Tech just kind of from the early hours was up sixteen to two. Right, so you're you're thinking, man, this is gonna be a nice, easy win after the first two games. We're gonna keep it up, but Louisiana, if not for that sixteen to two run at the beginning, Tech loses this game, right? So that's that's another one, another punch in the mouth. Uh, La Tech came all the way where they're, I think they were only down two at one point. Like they were right there, ready, ready to to to, to really pull off what was would have been a a great upset there. Um, actually, they were within four. Yeah, they were within two uh, to 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 pull off a great upset there. And they just were barely not able to do it. But from that point on, it's been rough. From that point on, it's really been uh, uh, been tough for the Red Raiders. And then so so that you talked about Ohio State. So after that happened, so Texas Tech lose two out of three in, in, in Maui. At that point, they're four and two. And I, and I mentioned this game as well because right after that, similar to Louisville game, they played Georgetown. Georgetown's not good. This is not a good team. Patrick Ewing is probably getting fired. Um, I, I remember watching that game. And they ta- they were mentioning all the re- all the ways Georgetown is awful at the beginning of the game, all the things that George Patrick Ewing has had to do to keep his job, like his the entire coaching staff is new, all the lows of the Georgetown Hawaii and how this is like the worst period for Georgetown ba- basketball in the in 30, 40 years, right? And going through that, and then you're like, and then we're let's watch the Georgetown Hawaii play basketball. So so really. They, they're setting the stage, they're also setting the stage of Texas Tech should win easily. They should win handily. This is not a good team. But yet, against Georgetown, Georgetown took it to us. They weren't scared of Texas Tech whatsoever. And that game's another game 
where you're like, man, are we really going to lose this game to Georgetown? Because mind you, again, they are not a good team. This is not somebody that you just see on the schedule and say, oh, they're Georgetown. So because they're Georgetown, because they play in the Big East, because they're another power conference team, this should be an easy win. Similar to Louisville, it should be a, it should be a tough game. Similar to Louisville, this is another team that should be a blowout. But at one point, it is a one-point game with five minutes to go in the, in the game. And it's it's an, again, you're like, what is going on here? Yeah, we led by 23 in that Georgetown game, right? And then for the next, I mean, you had like five minutes of nothing. It's those dry spells, those, those sneaking dry spells, and just creeping up again. It's like ghosts of the past. I mean, we have a brilliant offensive-minded uh, assistant coach. We have all the pe- – I mean, we've seen our guys ball. We've seen people – Take uh, contested shots, make them. We see people with good shot selection in and outside of the paint. Like we've seen the guys have the potential for that. And then you have, and then like that Georgetown. Like I'm glad you brought that up. That Georgetown game. You know, you go from having a 23 point lead, and all of a sudden, it's a it's a one point game, five minutes to go, and it's like that should never have been the case. That should have never been the. And I understand here, qualify. Basketball is a game of runs for sure. Um, you're gonna have dry spells. Nobody doesn't have a dry spell, even if it's a small one. Um, it's all about that adversity and addressing it and adjusting towards it. And that's how we think. And that's part of the reason we thought we think that Adams is the guy because Adams is really good at making adjustments. Um, he's proven that in past games for the most part, right? Um, this one, it was just kind of like, are we doing the right things? Because I don't think that with a team like Georgetown, we should be allowing them to come back from a 23-point deficit. You know, if we were just losing by, leading by five, seven, and then it became a one-point game, that's reasonable. But losing that 20, 22 points there in six minutes, and not getting anything, that's super. That's that's mm, that's dangerous, and that's another illustration of how this team is having a difficulty finding chemistry. When they're on, Albert, they're on, man. They look world beaters, alley oops. Everybody's having a good time. But when they're off, man, everybody looks like they're playing. Everybody looks like they're playing for somebody else. Like they don't, they're not in the same playbook. They're not on the same. They don't, they don't. Uh, they're just not jiving together, and it, that's really hard because basketball's, you know, albeit for some teams, you know, basketball's a team sport. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, and then that's that's really a big issue there. And you talked about basketball being a team sport, um, but that I think has been one of the biggest problems is that this team is not playing like a team. So we already mentioned in Maui how it was. Uh, the defense hasn't been the same defense. I mean, even offensively, we're seeing a lot of iso ball, a lot more players not really working within each other, um, and it's been a problem. And even after that Georgetown game, we got Nichols and East Washington back-to-back, back-to-back battles. But Nichols gave it – and these are all home games, mind you. Like, this is, we're not even on yep. the road for these. Yeah. These are all home games. And Georgetown giving it to us. Nichols giving it to us. East Washington giving it to us, right? Um, and it's, 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 it's been tough. It hasn't been great. And so – it's uh, uh, and, and like I said, we'll get to Jackson State, but at that point, right after the Eastern Washington game, you're seven and two. And I don't think anybody feels good about the team at this point, but uh, overall. But I will say there have been some bright spots. There have been some bright spots. So let's get the cat out of the bag right from the very beginning, Jeremy. Um, Daniel Bacho is that dude. All right, let's let's just let's, put, let's just dude. put that out there on Front Street. Daniel Bacho is everything average. So the beginning of the year, Fardall's AMAC is is he's supposed to be the guy. He's supposed to be the Bryson Williams of this team, and he gets an injury in the offseason during practice. He's out for all of non-com. We know that from the beginning. And Bacho says, I got you. Don't even worry about me. I got you. And he's been great. 
So far, averaging 13 points, over eight rebounds, um, and, and almost two blocks a game. He's been fantastic. And when I say two blocks a game, they are mean, dirty, like disrespectful blocks. Like they're, the, the block he had in Maui, oh, my God. Two-handed yeah. against the backboard. He took the ball. Two, yeah. He took the ball. Give it yeah. to me. It was alpha. Yeah, alpha. absolutely. And that's – we haven't had a rim protector uh, like him uh, probably since the championship team, uh, you know, uh, uh, since we we have not had that guy that can just go out there, uh, grab that, grab the bull by the horns, and say, you know, nobody can, nobody can come and 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 do this to us uh, since Tyreek Smith, right? And so, getting having that guy, having that guy that can just be there and and dominate the the paint there and hold that account, which is why it was so surprising early on that we've we've had. And I said Tyreek Smith, sorry, I meant Tyreek Owens. Um, Having that guy that can just be there and be that rim protector when he's in the game, it really makes a big difference. So Daniel Bacho has kind of been one of my my big guy, uh, and we can kind of go back and forth with some of the players that that uh, has really surprised us this year. So who you got? Uh, well, I mean, you know, obviously Bacho's at the top of that list. I think KJ Allen um, has been showing up a lot more recently. Has been showing a lot more. Uh, he's been getting more playtime for sure than he did last season, uh, but also. Davion Harmon's when he went so if we look at the if we looked at the landscape of the transfers that were coming in, Davion Harmon was not one of the transfers I was like, oh, this is gonna be really good. I was thinking about guys like Kerwin Walton, who was being you know, who was recruited by UNC, who was gonna be a part of the Tar Hills team, and then came over. For, for stuff like that, it's like, okay, you were being recruited there for a reason. Why? And I'd like to see this play out in the court. But then you have a guy like Davion Harmon who shows us a lot more a la like Adonis Arms, not coming from the same kind of, you know, pedigree, but has so much more mm. to offer. He came from Oklahoma and Oregon. <laughs> some pedigree. There's some yeah. to it, you know. I, but like it's it's inconsistent. Yeah. It's it's an inconsistency of like switching schools and for me it's like, okay, I don't really know, you know, what that looks like if you're just kinda of entering free agency and <laughs> well, whoever picks that's, me up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> And so for yeah, and so for me it was like okay, this is very much a kind of last chance scenario uh, for Davion Harmon, and he's definitely leaned all the way into. I mean, he's getting he's getting the most minutes every night. He's the one that they're like, hey, go out there, help run this. Um, he's been excellent for this team. He has been a dude when we needed a dude to step up in that seniority position, especially because we have a lot of we have older guys on the team. But I mean, if you look at Kevin O'Banner, he's not like a he's not a captain voice on the team. It's Davion Harmon is going out there and like getting everybody together or doing his best to do so. It's not O'Banner, yeah. you know. And I think you know we can talk about if that's good or bad. O'Banner is doing his job the way I, he needs to. I, I know, suppose. I, I but. think Ko is very much a do as I do as I uh, watch what I do. That's how I, he leads by example, yeah. right? And so I think with Ko, you know, you're right. He's not the most vocal. He's not really the, like Harmon. It's gonna do all this, you know, have it be emotional and show this passion. Harmon and Pop are both like that. Ko's a lot more reserved than that. But at the same time, I, you know, one thing I do like about Ko is the hey. If we need a, we need to, you know, if we need a bucket, we need something to happen. We need to shift an energy. I'm just gonna do it, 
And if y'all want to follow the way that I work, then y'all should do so as well. But I'm not going to outright do that. And some players are just like that. But KO, I mean, leads the team in points, second on the team in rebounds. Um, one of our, one of our, actually become one of our best defenders as well, right? And I think, I think with Kevin O'Banner, he's one of those guys. Actually, similar to Bryson Williams last year, right? Bryson Williams wasn't the most vocal player, but it was a hey, you know, we need buckets. I'm gonna put the team on my back, and we actually saw him do it. Uh, just last week against Eastern Washington, right? Eastern Washington looked like it was going to be an L. I ain't going to lie to y'all. Eastern Washington looked like it was going to be an L. And, and Kevin O'Banner said, you know what? I got to ball out. We're not going to win this game if I don't ball out. And he did so in the second half. And so I think that's where that leadership comes in. But you, you're absolutely right when it comes to Davion Harmon. Listen, Davion Harmon is my favorite player on this team. I'm going to just point that out on a front street. He's my favorite player on this team. I've already made this declaration already. Um, I'm not going to wait till later in the season to, ch to then switch up. No, Davion Harmon is my favorite player on the team. Uh, because Davion Harmon, he's not the greatest shooter. He's not the guy that's going to just get you a bucket when you need it because he's just not that type. But, I, you know, he's really good. You talked about the leadership of just rallying, especially a team that's young as we are, rallying the guys of saying, hey, let's calm it down. Let's be patient. I've been in these situations before. Let's go and get it. Let's go and get the bucket. I wish we had Davion Harmon on last year's team. We needed a point guard on last year's team so badly, and he's the point guard that we need. We need it. And so, um, yeah, no, Davion Harmon, I love it when he's in there. I love the energy that he brings, all of that. But I think Kevin O'Banner, though he doesn't bring the same energy, is still a leader, but just more of a I lead by example. I'm going to just show you how to do this. And y'all, y'all should follow suit. But like, I'm not gonna tell you what to do. To where Harmon's like, nah, bring, bring, bring that ass here, boy. And, and he goes and he goes and gets it. So, um, but no, I think those two, and those are really to me, those are the two leaders, right? Those are the two. I, O'Banner leads by example. Harmon leads by his energy and by 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 emotion and passion and all that other stuff. Um, so they're even great. I, I also like that you brought up KJ Allen. And though KJ Allen's, you know, in the stat sheet, it's not gonna be there. He's improved. I mean, defensively, he's so much better than he was last year. Like last year, he was he was a, a a walking matador, right? Doing that Olay defense. This year, he's much better, um, in that one. So I definitely definitely like that. But I do think it's time to talk about some of the young bucks, and just like I talked about putting Daniel Bacho out there, you know, the elephant in the room there, Pop Isaacs. Yeah, he's I I I put that tweet out there, um, a couple days ago, that Pop Isaacs is going to be Mr. Texas Tech basketball, isn't he? And, and it was after, I think, the Nichols State game. And because he is. He's going to be Mr. Texas Tech basketball. He's going to be here for a long time. And he's going to be a very, very good player. Like, oh, man, Pop Isaacs. He's he's that guy. Already averaging over 10. He's a true freshman. He's 18 years old. Averaging over 10 points a game. Um, 39% from three. He he is. He, he's got a – his turnovers are definitely a problem. Uh, he's one of the leading turnovers in the conference already. Um, and I think they'll continue to be a problem, to be honest. I mean, this is not – the point guard position is not easy, right? Now you have Harmon leading him in that aspect, but he's he's going to turn the ball over. And we're just going to – it's going to be growing pains as he is an 18-year-old freshman. Um, but what I want to see is that assist-to-turnover ratio creep up, right? I understand turnovers are going to be there, but I want to see a little bit more passes. But talk about when you need a bucket. Pop is there. He is fearless. Absolutely fearless, which is amazing. Yeah, I, you know, and that's something that we haven't really experienced a lot of as Texas Tech fans is since that Tubby era is like a bunch of young guys, a bunch of freshmen on this team. I mean, you talk, we talked about the seniority and people who've had more veteran uh, experiences with the Scarlet and Black. Um, God, Pop Isaacs, probably been the most dominant of that freshman group, but you've also got uh, Lamar Washington. Mm -hmm. 
is somebody who, when his limited play time, has maximized it. Um, and Elijah Fisher. Let's not forget that we've got Elijah Fisher floating around there uh, in the ether. Um, and I will remind everyone, because there's a lot of chatter out there, um, one of the first things that Elijah Fisher was asked in a press conference was, you know, are you going to, like, what do you think about playtime? Like, what is your intentions with playtime and all this? And his response was, I'm going to do whatever it takes for the team to win. I'm okay riding the bench, pretty much. Uh, for me, man, a guy like that coming in, saying that publicly, um, you know, he can walk it back. He, he can walk it back if you like. But everybody's kind of on ants about, oh, my gosh, is Elijah Fisher going to, is he going to transfer? And I think that a lot of people are having kind of Namari Burnett fears of getting like oh you have a high touted recruit and now he's leaving because that's what happens at texas tech man elijah fisher's different and he needs to get more playing time i think for sure all these freshmen do just because it's part of the process uh but excellent and then you got robert jennings and cj williams two guys who can definitely find their role and we're both i mean we're equally excited about we're excited about all these guys um you have a lot of youth on this team and so we're eight and two it's great we got kind of crappy loss and then some really close ones but their wins wins all the same with a team like this i mean you said it earlier albert this this isn't the team that's going to make a run um but this is a team that can learn and grow a lot in this season and we're like the the team that is every year because we keep bringing in a bunch of transfers the team that finishes in you know that plays in march uh is going to be worlds apart than the team that's playing you know the first couple of conference games uh we'll probably get our rear ends kicked a, <laughs> quite a few times. Um, but this team will learn a lot from it. And it will be a lot better for it, especially going into next year. And I, I don't like to do the whole chatter of like, let's talk about next year. Let's talk because we're, we're in this season. And the stuff that we do now makes the makes the difference, um, especially with all the stuff that's going on kind of behind the scenes. But you've got a really core group here. And the guys leading that, Papa Isaacs, Mr. Texas Tech, Mr. Worldwide. This is going to be a big name coming up. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. So we're going through kind of the roster there. There are two guys we haven't mentioned yet, and I want to mention them before. And I'm going to call them the X-Factors. I think they're both X-Factors, right? Um, and first things first is one that, that everybody kind of knows in, in the Texas Texas Tech rivalry, and Jalen Tyson, right, who initially committed to Texas Tech when we had Chris Beard. Chris Beard goes to Texas. He falls into Texas. And two months in, is like, man, forget this place. I want to go back to Lubbock. There we go. And so we expected a lot of big things from Tyson. I think early on in the season, he kind of showed how good he was. And since then, it's kind of trailed off, right? And it's, 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 for him, it's been pretty – some inconsistencies. Uh, some games he hasn't been able to play. He's, he's, he's kind of had some injury problems here and there and stuff like that. Uh, but Jalen Tyson, I think he's one that is is set to have big games every now and again. He's just got to get more consistent on his front. And then also, Damarian Williams. And another reason why I bring those two guys up is because they're probably our two best shooters on the team, right? And so those are also, if either Jalen Tyson or Damarian Williams gets hot, watch out. Any game is up for grabs. Any game's up for grabs if either of those two gets hot because they're probably our two best shooters, our guys that they can, at any moment, can start draining some. And when they get hot, they'll be right there. I mean, hell, Damarian Williams has had 17 against Jackson State out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, 17, just like that. And so that could happen at any time. What's great about these three-point shooters being like this is that it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't matter if we're playing Jackson State 
or Georgetown or Ohio State or Creighton, which, by the way, Jeremy, you know Creighton's lost six in a row? <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Did you know that? I know you mentioned them earlier Since... in the Final Four. I didn't want to ran on your parade when you were talking about them as a potential Final Four. Man, team. I ain't pay attention to them after we lost them. I'm like, hey, best of luck Since to they've you. Left to... Since they've lost since they've left Hawaii, since they've left Hawaii, it's been it's been shambles for them. <laughs> it's been rough. We broke them. We broke them. <laughs> Get wrecked. I don't know if that's the case, but they got broken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, they, they anyways, <laughs> um, it doesn't matter whether we're playing any of those teams uh, or when we're playing TCU or Texas or anybody, Damarian Williams and Jalen Tyson get hot against anyone. And that's, that's exciting. And that's why I call them the X Factors uh, here for this team. So we've kind of been alluding to something, Jeremy. And, you know, the main thing we've been alluding, and we've been talking about this for a while, really alluding to it, and so I just want to let the cat out of the bag, and that is and that is that Homefield Apparel has just the best stuff that you could possibly wear. Um, Homefield Apparel, that's right. They are a one of the sponsors here at Tortillas and Takes. Uh, they have great, great clothing, Texas Tech clothing, old-school clothing, to get the old-school Mass Rider, the old double T that everybody loves, the 2D logo. Um, and you can go ahead and get get shirts, get hoodies. It is cold outside. Um, so get you that vintage mass rider, double T hoodie, get you the crew neck. Actually, Dylan, a producer extraordinaire, uh, uh, just bought a Christmas gift. So he just racked up at homefieldapparel.com and he used our promo code to, uh, uh, to, what is it? Sorry. Our promo code takes 12 T A K E S one, two. And he got 15% off, uh, of his first order using our promo code takes 12 T A K E S one, two at homefieldapparel.com. So you do the same. Um, so, yeah, but, um, so there's that also, there's a lot of, a lot of drama behind the scenes, Jeremy, there's been some drama. Um, and I, I you know, there's a lot of rumors I should say, right. Of, of what's been going on and this, that, and the other. And you kind of talked about Elijah Fisher's name came up in the rumors about him potentially transferring this, that, and this, but it really, so let's start off with the first thing. And uh, start off with Fardaw's AMAC. So he hasn't played a single game for Texas Tech, right? Um, and with that, he's made NIL money. Let's let's be real. Let's talk about. It. Let's put it out on Front Street. He's made some NIL money coming to Texas Tech, as as everybody does in college basketball nowadays. It's not. That's just how the game is played now. Um, and there was rumors that he was going to transfer because you know maybe you know maybe the check didn't clear maybe. You know, there's been some problems behind the scenes. And Jeff Goodman, your boy, Jeremy, your boy, uh, Goodman, was all over it. He was all over it. He was like, that man is leaving. Texas Tech, you better say your goodbyes. <laughs> He's, He's out of here. He's gone. He's out of here. And then what happened? A day or two later, um, everybody not named Goodman said, nah, right? He's staying. AMAC put out a tweet saying he loves being a Red Raider. Um, Texas Tech was all on it, showing pictures of Fardaw's AMAC. What do you make of this whole situation with AMAC? With Goodman being petty, saying that the NIL check cleared, all that, or retweeting a tweet that said that, all that stuff. Well, <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, I can tell you that, um, you know, in the circles that we're privy to and the people that we're connected to, Albert, uh, Goodman was talking to Fardal's agent, and that's where that's where Goodman got his information from and felt confident enough to tweet it. Uh, was it solidified and for sure when Goodman heard it? Probably not. It was probably like, hey, we're kind of worrying about, you know, what's the situation and things like that. And, you know, journalists do what journalists do. And um, 
the vitriol, like the, the the weird drama between Goodman and Texas Tech fans. I don't, <laughs> I can't get enough oh. of it. I shared <laughs> I shared beers with this guy, and he's one of the most like down to earth, um, like shit talks ESPN in the in the funniest ways. I, he's a cool dude. I, I can't speak well enough of Goodman, and to see Tech fans get so bent, to see some other pods continually reply to like everything he ever tweets about Texas Tech, uh, it. It, it, it warms the soul. Christmas spirit. So um, you see what happens here, everybody, is that what Goodman does is he comes to Lubbock, he sweet talks a couple podcast hosts like Jeremy, and now he's got Jeremy on his side. And see, at Texas, tortillas and takes, he's like, yeah, hey. I, got, I got an inside guy, Jer- Jeremy. He's never going to say bad, bad things about me. Uh, I, see your, I see your game, Goodman. I'm not going to work over here. I was the source <laughs> all along. <laughs> I was too. <laughs> Uh, no, man, it's super frustrating, though, and that's the, here's the issue with social media, um, one of the many issues, of course, right, is that something like that gets blown incredibly out of pr- – and so we can really honestly say that the Fardaws, his decision to – not his decision, somebody tweeted out that he was going to transfer, and then everybody's tweeting it. That's what sets off the whole powder keg. That's what gets tech fans all riled up. That's what makes everybody kind of introspective for no reason whatsoever. Um, okay, well, now let's figure out what's wrong with the program. If Fardos is out, what's our problem? Oh, and then let me pull out all these different threads I think that are the case. We, as a fan base, man, a lot of passion, love it. We are too involved. We are way too involved. Uh, and I mean that in the sense that like we rile each other up so much and could give two rats about two Mate two two Mateo Nomeos um, about what the heck is like actually going on. And I'm not gonna my my urgency to tech fans is just to be patient always. Ignore blue checks, ignore people who cover Texas Tech but are like not a part of the program. Just be patient. Uh, I, I, a lot of frustration with especially some tech media personnel, uh, not tech, tech fan personnel, um, who are covering this closely, talking about, oh, you know, it's over. Let's, let's start thinking about what the problem is. Um, some of these people don't have inside sources. And the only reason I can confidently say that is because Albert and I have dredged ourselves so much against, like, Texas Tech's actual media personnel and the, the athletic department, um, you guys aren't fooling anyone. Like <laughs> some people that are, you know, larger than life personalities for Texas Tech aren't, they don't know what, like nobody in the athletic department know who, knows who they are. So unless they got some kind of like sneaky link, <laughs> some kind of like under the ground, talking. Hey, <laughs> they, they're pillow talking. Um, it's not always valid. I mean, a, a broken clock is right twice a day, right? So if somebody gets something right, you know, a guesstimate can get you there. But a lot of people were talking about Fardal leaving, and that sparked a bunch, and I'm talking about a bunch of really detrimental things. And what have we not heard a lot about since Fardal was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm in here. I'm, I'm for Texas Tech. Attractions. Everything no else. No attractions. No, oh, my bad. Every, no, yeah. no. I mean, I think... I think the name of the game here is patience. There's a reason why. So one of the things that we've kind of done for a long time is we're not going to break news. <laughs> Jeremy's not. I'm not. We're not going to break news. We're not breaking news people, right? 
Um, it, it's because patience is a virtue, and 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 I, I mentioned it uh, on Twitter, and there's no, and you kind of talked about it here. There's no doubt in my mind that Amac probably was thinking about it and was looking at it and yeah. looking at all everything going on and saying maybe I want to leave. But until until it actually happens, it's all fodder. It's all things for us to talk about on podcasts, I guess. But it doesn't really mean anything, right? Like it doesn't actually mean anything. And speaking of things that don't really mean anything until it actually ha- something actually happens, is the talk about Mark Adams. So let's let's get into that one as well. Mark Mark Adams. So a lot of rumors talking about you know some true, some not true, talking about Mark Adams and his his relationship and how it's affecting the team and. And reasons why Barrett Peary got fired or, or left, I should say, um, and all this stuff. And and, and, and it's, like again, some of it is true, some of it is not true. Uh, and so, how that is affecting the team? Well, last week or a couple days ago, Texas Tech played Jackson State, and I think that's that was their statement of how it's affecting the team. They they beat them by fifty. Now, mind you, Jackson State's not these world beaters. But we've played teams on Jackson State's level to uh, five points, seven points, right? Like, there's not much difference between Jackson State and Nichols State. Let me tell you that right now. Not a huge difference. And so to beat them by 50, to run it, run up the score from the very beginning, I think was setting a statement of we're here and we're ready to go. Now, let me tell you something. In that these, again, are all rumors. They're all just – and until something legitimately happens and, – and, and also a story like that – um. A story like that gets out, right? Is being that bad? Um, we're we're not eight and two for one. That that a situation. Like if you read, and, and I don't want to get into all the details, but all the rumors that I've heard about everything that's going on in the program and, and, and all this other stuff. If it is as bad as what was reported and all that, we're not eight and two. There's you can't you can't just wake up one day, coach, and say, oh, the players just aren't working hard enough. That's the reason why we're losing. It's not because it's not because I'm out here on a beach on vacation with. You know, who, whoever and this over and all this other stuff. No, it's it isn't. Those things don't work that way. So, um, you know, it just you got to patience is a virtue. See what happens in conference season. The players put out a statement, put out a kind of against Jackson State, which was great to see. Everybody balled out. Everybody turned up. Um, just like last year, we were laughing about Beard almost losing control of the uh, uh, of the Texas team, and they came back. They made the NCAA tournament. They played pretty decently towards the end of the year last year, and this year they're one of the top teams in the country. Um, you got to let these things play out. Just like last year, we made the same statement of some of it's true, some of it's not true with the, with the with the Beard situation in Texas. This year it's our turn. This year, it's our turn. Some of it true, some of it not true. There is a lot of some problems behind the scenes, but they're going to handle it. This is a long season. The team is going to handle it. The coaching staff is going to handle it, right? The players on the team is going to handle it, right? And so that is – that. Will, I think that, you know, you, you got to wait. Let these things play out, and patience is a virtue. Don't be a good man where you're just you're, – you're tweeting out something that's positive. You know, that's my advice to Goodman. That's my advice to everybody. Be patient. Let things work their way out instead of jumping ship, instead of doing all this other stuff, right? And so um, conference season is upon us. We only got two more games in non-con, and then we get to it. And hopefully all the games are like Jackson State, where they decide we're going to make a statement every time, and then Fardos is back, team is back. So all this stuff last week about how Texas Tech basketball is imploding, well, Fardos is definitely leaving. No, he's staying. Texas Tech team is imploding. No, we just beat the last team by 50. All right, let's just be patient and watch the team cook. Yeah, and this, I mean, even as we're saying this, right, like things could, things can turn a different way. Again, that's part of our, why we don't want to break news is because like things can change in a blink of an eye. It, I think 
you know, this morality police that keeps popping up about, oh, did you hear? Oh, and we're just very small towning it like, oh, did you hear? Oh, this, that, and the other. Um, well, maybe we really need to rethink this Mark Adams guy. Yeah. Um, uh. I, you know, I'm not going to give any bones about, like, we, we aren't, <laughs> we're not here to cover somebody's character and somebody's life. Like, we're happy to crap talk on, um, you know, people that disown Texas Tech and things like that. But to an extent, right? At a certain point, you know, this gets into personal lives. And hey, you know what? You may be right. And if you're right, so what? What, what does, does that mean? mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? Who cares? What does it mean? Just want to tell people you're right. And if you're, and if you're wrong, you're an asshole. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, there's no, what, what, what do you gain? What do you gain? You paid for your blue check. What do you gain? So, and here's the thing. I'm looking at, I'm looking at you guys. Um, yeah, you go out and you beat, and this isn't just like, oh, we beat him by 50. You, This is the largest margin of victory in a neutral site game you've had in a long time. It is the, it, you've only, in, in 65 games over the past 12 years, you've only won by 30. You've won by over 30 only five times. The last one was against Northwestern, 29, uh, 2017, 36 points. Uh, you smoked Jackson State. You didn't just... I mean, this was a response, yeah. and this is going to be interesting when we get Amac back and we see, you know, how does he integrate into the lineup? Of course, he's coming off injury, so please temper your expectations. But ultimately, like locker rooms are—they're not just one way; they're ebbs and flows. I mean, you have a bunch of personalities, you have a bunch of coaching styles, you have a bunch of life coming into a locker room trying to gather around together to agree that we're going to do this like this so that we can get a win. That doesn't always go smoothly. It it is a game of like it is a constant it is a constant battle to have a good and like locker room with good chemistry. So let them have let them have their tiffs. Let them have the drama. Like that's part of it. That's how they learn and they grow. Yeah. Especially with a lot of young guys. No, absolutely. I, I yeah, I agree. This is going to it it'll all like I said it all works. I will say this. Though I do think it's going to be a, a struggle fest of a year that we're hoping goes towards an NCAA tournament, I was comparing this team a lot at the beginning of the year to the uh, 2020 team that we still don't know if they would have legitimately made the, the NCAA tournament or not. I think they would have, but it would have been, they were still on the on the positive side of the bubble. Um, and, I, and, and, you know, I, I've kind of come back to that, but I think there's a lot of offensive potential here, right? Like, And we've seen it. We've seen the offensive potential. We've, we saw it. Early on in the season against Northwestern State, we saw it against Texas Southern. Like, the team can score buckets, right? There's a little bit of question of how good defensively they can be. But the offensive potential that we saw against Jackson, that's, that's the, the potential I'm talking about. We, we see what they can do. It's just, again, being consistent and getting getting that, that thing rolling. But against Jackson State, where you have Demarion Williams, like I said, with 17. K.J. Allen put up 15 and 7. That was great. K.O. had 16 and 4 steals, right? Jalen Tyson with 11. Uh, Davion Harmon with 10, right? And that having that where everybody eats mentality was fantastic, right? And so that's kind of you – know, that is kind of what I would love to see from Tech going forward because this offensive potential is definitely there. Um, it's just – consistency and that's what you're going to have with with a young team there um and as this team like you said as they buy in um 
as players, as personalities, as coaching staff buys in. It's also, a, you know, there's some new pieces on this coaching staff as well. So as they kind of buy in as well, I think it all will gel together. And hopefully we see towards the end of the year it progressing towards something positive. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, I think patience is going to be the theme of this year is patience. Everybody, deep breaths, relax, patience. Um I did have a, I did want to make a mention, a quick mention of because we mentioned him already. Uh, um, jokes about domestic violence isn't ain't, it ain't cool. So for those that don't know, Chris Chris Beard did have a, a, an issue at Texas. So we 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 gonna talk about him. He's a former Texas Tech coach. We're gonna talk about him. I uh, did have an issue at Texas. He was arrested uh, for 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 felony DV. Um, that uh, the situation actually happened a, a little bit ago, and the first things I saw I didn't like from Texas Tech fan base about kind of doing a victory lap on, on coach beard and, and all this other stuff. And, and that's, that's not cool because he's not the only person involved. Um, I think the rest of the Texas tech fan base was actually more level headed as the day went on of saying like, Hey, this ain't cool. Like let it play out, you know, prayers to everybody involved, which is the right response. Um, and so I am, I am glad as far as the overall fan base working well, but those idiots were really being idiots early on in the day when it first happened. Um, and so, you know, prayers to the to you know prayers to that community to be out too, and then you know, to, uh-huh. um, yeah, yeah, to definitely to the to the beer family. So, uh, so yeah, there's that. Anything else you want to say to the people, Jeremy, before we get off this? Oh man, two games, two more games. Houston Christian, South Carolina State, uh, and then we jump into conference. I mean, it's it's here, man. We're we are at the, we are coming to the turn of the year, Albert, 2023, and things are looking all kinds of ways. <sighs> For all the sports, that's right. honestly. <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. And we will. So we're back on our basketball schedule. Um, so that means that the women's basketball will have that episode later this week as well. Um, and now that we are in it, we will have recaps for the Houston Christian game, for the South Carolina State game, big preview for the conference. As this <laughs> Big 12 conference, just as tough as it always is, just as tough as it always is, Every there's no easy uh, teams in this league. It, it sucks. Uh-uh. Sucks. <laughs> it sucks. There's no, uh, yeah, just like football, man. There's nobody that we can just walk on over, and it's gonna be another year where everybody is 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 gonna be it's gonna be tough. I mean, Oklahoma State was a team that was almost a shoe in to get an NCAA tournament this year, and they've started the season seven and four, and they they right now have the worst winning percentage in, in the league. But everybody has a winning record. We just talked about Creighton going on a six game losing streak. We ain't got nobody like that in this in this conference. You know, and so this is this is not an easy conference to play in. Uh, this, sorry, Pac-12, this is a conference of champions. So it'll be tough, but we'll be here to recap all of it. So for the people's champ that is Jeremy Gillen, this is I'll Be Sure, and you have been listening to the Tortillas and Text podcast, part of the 1012 Network and the official podcast, Ray Raider Sports. As always, stay wrecked, people. <laughs>